to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. If you love running or eating, you'll love this show. Now, here's your host, Monica Olivas. Hello, and welcome back to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. My name is Monica, and I love running and eating and repeating, keep it together, keep it together to myself when I'm really falling apart during a long run or race. Today, I am talking about nutrition. This is the third part in the series that I'm doing on running nutrition, what to eat before, during, and after your long runs and races. This is a very important aspect of training. You know, you sign up for a race or you start looking into running a race and you find a training plan, but there's not necessarily a nutrition plan to go along with that. And that is really important. So like I said, this is part three. First, I talked about, and I will put links to all of this stuff in the show notes. I talked about how I had a major fail before my fueling at the test and half marathon because I have a strategy that works well for me and I just didn't implement it. And then last episode, we talked to Coach Steve on all of his tips and suggestions for carb loading, which doesn't start the night before the race. It starts before that. Um, the 10, 30, 45 strategy and what to eat after, all that jazzed. Today, I'm going to share specifically how I fuel. I'm going to let you know what I use and when I am trying to time that fuel to take it in and take this information, figure out what works for you, and then practice in training. So if you have any other questions to this, if you need more specifics, definitely remember to reach out on Instagram or you can email me. I will put info on how to contact me in the show notes. But before we get into those specifics, let's warm up. Okay, let's start with some business before we get into random warm-up moves. I have a giveaway going on right now on my Instagram for an entry to the hot chocolate 15K or 5K race. They have 17 different locations throughout the US, so you could probably pick one that is fairly close to you and time's up right with your training because they are from now, I think there is one this coming weekend to you know next year, 2019. So check that out, Runny Repeat on Instagram to enter. And also I have another half marathon coming up this weekend and I have a discount code for that. I have a discount code for a ton of races right now on my race discounts page. So I will put a link to that in the show notes as well if you are looking for races to sign up and want to save some money. Check that out. And to get off the subject of running for a second Give me a second here. Um, I wanted to acknowledge S-Town because I listened to S-Town recently on the suggestion of my friend Corey. And when she told me, she said it was really good. And because I really loved cereal. So after cereal, I went down the rabbit hole for a while of true crime podcasts and got into Crime Writers On and a couple of different ones. That was, I did that for a while. And then I kind of just got away from it and have been listening to just random other ones lately. But I listened to S-Town on her advice. But when she told me to listen to it, she did say, when it was over, I just felt kind of 
sad and like there's no point. Or she said something basically that let me go into it with the expectation that it wasn't going to end with, and they all lived happily ever after. So because of that, I had this expectation of being a little bummed out at the end of it. So I wasn't super like shocked or emotional when it ended. And I'm going to assume that if you're going to listen to it, you've listened to it by now. Um, Not that I'm giving major spoilers, but I just, I don't know. I don't know if it was because I had that heads up before I listened to it. I'm curious if you have heard it, all of it, how you kind of your thoughts walking away from it. I think the important things to note from the entire thing are that there is more to the story. Like, I think it's kind of ongoing and I wish I would know what is the final situation with John's mom and Tyler. And I guess the land is, you know, gone, but it's sold. But I just, I'm curious, like, where are they now? That must have been a while ago too, because I know this has been out for a long time. So I'm just curious if there's anything like that. And I'm just actually really surprised that what happened happened with him. But I I wasn't super riled up about it. I wasn't super emotionally invested in it. And I'm wondering if it's because she kind of like let me know that she was sad at the end. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to listen to this and keep it at arm's distance. But I know a lot of people when I mentioned on my Instagram stories that I was listening to it were like, oh my gosh, I listened to it the longest time ago, like when it came out and they still wanted to talk about it. They were still super into it. So that's how I was with Mad Men. And I felt very lonely. Like I was like, because I'm so late to the party. I just listened to Mad Men (laughs) or I watched Mad Men a couple months ago. And I was just like, what about this? I don't know. I don't think he's really a good guy. Like I had all these thoughts. I was so into it. And I just wanted to talk to someone who was like a madman fanatic. I even, and I have never done this before for anything ever. When it came to Mad Men, because I watched the whole series. First of all, that was the first time I've ever watched a show like pulled up a show on Netflix and watched it from beginning to end. I had never done that before. That's just like not my jam for whatever reason. And not only did I watch it, but I got so into it that I started looking stuff up on Wikipedia. I had never done that before. I was so into it. Anyways, a lot of people reach out to me that passionate about S-Town. And if you're one of them, let's touch base. I would like to hear your thoughts. Also to note, John had red hair and I felt like because he was crazy, I was a little bummed out about it. I'm like, come on, don't be the crazy redhead, please. And scene. Yeah. So those are my major thoughts with it. But I want to touch base and kind of see if anyone wants to discuss on a Facebook Live or Insta Live. Let's talk about it. And before I get to the fueling portion of today's episode, I wanted to answer this question really quickly. I answered it on a video yesterday, but this is from a podcast listener specifically. So I wasn't sure if she also saw the video. So I want to make sure that she gets to hear my complete answer. So you can kind of ignore this if you've already seen the video, but I will run through it very quickly. Run through it. Maybe you're running quickly. Speed it up, kids. Okay. Hi, Monica. My name is Heather and I'm a runner from Michigan. I love listening to your podcast and all the great tips you give and truly enjoy your random tangents and Vegas stories. Well, I'm glad someone does. I'm writing because I just signed up for my first race and besides freaking out a little bit, was wondering if you could see about addressing some of the questions I have. 
I consider myself a beginner runner because I've never ran a race before, nor have I been very competitive in my running, mainly because I'm super slow. However, I have been running 5 to 10K for the past eight years and always talked about running a half or full marathon, but I've been too afraid to sign up. Considering I'm about to graduate medical school and start residency, in addition to getting married, I have decided now is the time to pull the trigger. Congratulations. That is super awesome. Huge, huge accomplishment with school and congratulations on the upcoming wedding. That's very exciting. This is all exciting stuff. My questions are related to heart rate logistics and some of the runs based on race pace. The training plan I'm following states a certain run should be specific heart rates. For example, long run should be 70 to 85% of your max. My question is, if I'm doing a particular run and my heart rate is greater than what's suggested, does that mean I'm running too fast? I usually run my base runs about 80 to 85% of max heart rate, but the plan says to only run it at 60 to 70%. So does that mean I need to slow down during those runs? My other question that I was hoping you could address is race pace. I've never run a race before, so I don't really have a race pace, but I suppose I could figure one out if I ran a 5K to see what it would be. However, I don't really know what my goal half marathon time should be because I've never run that distance. Do you have any suggestion on ways to figure out what time I would shoot for for my first half marathon based on just my regular daily run times? Okay, this is an amazing question, and this is part of the reason why I wanted to answer it here as well, because I think it could be helpful for a lot of people. First of all, congratulations, super exciting. Second of all, I was going to say first of all again, yes, if your heart rate is higher than what the training plan is suggesting, you need to slow down. And it could be that you are going up a hill, which ups your heart rate, and it slows you down. Like There are different factors that could play into this, but it doesn't matter. If you are using this plan, you need to trust the plan and get your heart rate down to the range that it's suggesting. And for long runs, you are not just out there to do a long distance. A lot of training plans actually call their long runs like LSD. It's long, slow distance. If there's an abbreviation in the plan, you might notice this on different options if you're researching plans. And that means long, slow distance, slow. Their expectation is that you are doing this slower than you are doing a shorter run that's midweek or another part of the training plan. You need to slow down and get that heart rate down. And it also helps because you are not probably going to run 13.1 miles or 26.2 miles in training. Most training plans don't have you run the actual distance of the race. So they want you to be out on your feet for a long time. So you might not be doing the whole distance, but you're going to be out running, getting your body used to that pounding, being out on your feet, having to fuel and hydrate out there on a long, slow run that is going to take a while. And it's going to be a little bit closer in terms of time on your feet to the race distance. And I hope that makes sense. Now for your question on goal pace. Yes, you can use your training runs to give you an idea of what to expect, but that's still a very general idea because of the fact more than anything that you haven't run any races at all. So it's really hard to tell. And even if you could estimate it, it is a general kind of ballpark, but it's not specific because so many things factor into it. For example, 
I've heard that to estimate your full marathon time, you can take your half marathon time and double it and add 15 minutes. And so then that gives you an idea because the expectation is you're slower. It's a longer distance, right? That is a very like ballpark kind of situation. And so many things factor into it in terms of your fitness level, how hard you trained, the weather and the terrain on race day, how strong your mental game is, if your fueling is on point, like a lot of things factor in. I really just wouldn't worry about that. I think the best goal to have for your first race of any distance is to finish with a smile. That is like a goal because, and not just a, like a goal, but just like your a goal, like your a number one goal should be finish with a smile. This isn't going to be a death march. You're going to show up and you're going to be able to cross that finish line, super happy and excited instead of, oh my gosh, I'm never going to do this again. And so a big part of that is just making sure that you have fun and you don't have an expectation necessarily of time on that. I like to remind people that you only get one chance to run your first race of whatever distance and you remember it. It's this super awesome thing and it's very exciting and special and just like empowering. It's it's a ton of happiness. And I hate to think that someone's going to, you know, potentially be like even 1% disappointed if they don't hit whatever goal. So I wouldn't worry about that a lot. I would just, you know, enjoy the day and really soak it in because this is your one shot at your first half marathon and you could set a goal next time. But this time, enjoy it. Enjoy all of it. It's very, very fun. And especially too, because you haven't run any races, the crowds doing the fueling, like running through the aid stations, having other runners around you, like it's going to be so exciting. I just think there's a lot to take in. So you shouldn't necessarily worry about that. Your long runs can give you a good idea though of that, at least some sort of ballpark that you know that for a long run, I guess if you know your average minute per mile pace for a long run, that could give you an idea of where to kind of line up. You know, if you are lining up between the two hour and 215 half marathon pacers or wherever, like based on whatever your average minute per mile pace is for a long run, that would be like a general indication kind of of at least, if nothing else, where you should kind of place yourself at the starting line if you wanted to line up near a pacer at all. But yeah, good luck. That is super exciting stuff. And Yes, all of it is. (laughs) So much awesome stuff going on in your life. Remember, if you have a question for me, you can email me at runningrepeat at gmail.com or call the RER voicemail line. Now let's talk about race and long run nutrition. First, I want to start off with a couple of tips and reminders just to kind of give you some guidelines on where to start if you're just figuring this out for yourself right now or are trying to tweak your fueling because it's not working for you for whatever reason. Number one, you want to practice your fueling. Like I said, you get a training plan, but you don't necessarily get a nutrition plan. And that's really important. So you want to factor this in to your training, especially as you're getting closer to the race and doing longer long runs. Um, Practice this. Never do anything new on race day because you don't know if it's going to work for your body. So you need to factor that in, incorporate this into your training plan, 
what you're eating before, during, and after your long runs to prep you for race day. If you are out of town for the race, plan that into your traveling plans and what you're packing and either bring the fuel that you need to use with you or figure out where you can get it locally. Number two, remember that food is fuel. When you are training for a long distance run, half marathon, marathon, ultra, trail race, remember that this is really important. And if you are asking athletic things of your body, you need to fuel it like an athlete's body. You need to give it the rest and the care that this machine needs, the machine of your body needs to be able to recover and perform well. And so it's kind of this hard thing because a lot of people, at least myself, like I originally started walking to lose weight and that turned into running. So it kind of came from a place of wanting to lose weight. And so it's this kind of hard situation sometimes if you are starting to run or train for a race and you want to lose weight, but you're asking these things of your body so you don't you don't want to eat necessarily while you're running or before you're running because you're running to burn calories. And the priority when you are training for a half or full marathon or ultra race or whatever is to do something awesome and athletic with your body. And you need to, that really needs to be the priority. You need to respect that and make sure that you are getting the best nutrition and fuel that your body needs for sure. And you can be smart about that and you can make smart, healthy choices completely, but it should be enough for both fueling your body and helping it to recover. And that brings me to number three, what you eat before, during, and after a run can help. It can help you run faster, stronger, and recover better. So these are all important aspects. And you want to, like I said, plan them into your training program and not neglect one or the other, you know? And it's hard because sometimes, especially when you're trying to do longer runs during the week or you're busy, to make time to wake up early enough to eat beforehand or stop and really refuel after, It takes effort and planning. It's not just going to happen by accident. But if you want to be the best runner that you can be, and if you want to run the best, strongest race that you can, you need to make all of these different aspects a priority of your training. And yeah, so use that information and use anything that I am suggesting, anything that you see online and kind of make it work for you and your goals, really. Now, before I get into specifically what I eat before and during a run, I want to let you know that I put 20 pre-run food ideas up on the blog so that you can check them out, get ideas, figure out again what works for you. I can pretty much, I've eaten a lot of, (laughs) I was about to say random things, like just random things I find on the sidewalk. No, um, a lot of different things that I've been fine with. I prefer breakfast foods at all times of the day. So I just would want to eat breakfast foods all the time as a snack, as a midnight snack, as a mid-morning snack and everything in between. I usually gravitate towards breakfast foods before a long run or race, but that doesn't have, that's not a rule that you're not going to be kicked out of the runner's club international. I don't even know if that's a thing. Um, If you eat pizza before a run or pad thai or whatever. So you can check out the list in the show notes just for some, I mean, 20 ideas, a different 
things that you can eat. And if you happen to prefer a savory food over a sweet one, there's options for that as well. You just got to do you. Now, before I run or have a race, I usually have toast with peanut butter and jelly or sometimes peanut butter and banana, or I'll have it on a bagel or rice cakes. It just depends really on what I have at home. It's not this super like I I have to have this one piece of carb specifically. I either do it on toast, a bagel or rice cakes most of the time. Um, I eat tortillas a lot actually, but not before a run. Now that I just think about it, I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because it would be a little weird to put PB and banana on a tortilla, but maybe not. Anyways, and along with my toast or bagel situation, I will have iced coffee and spark. And those are my two kind of drinks of choice. Sometimes I'll have both, especially before a long run, because I have more time. Sometimes I'll have one or the other. It just kind of depends on the day. I just kind of roll with it. Now, for my exact fueling strategy or plan or whatever you want to call it for long runs and races, I do try to follow the 10, 30, 45 method that Steve mentioned in the last episode. And if you haven't listened to that yet, definitely check it out. It is the one previous to this, and I think it has a ton of good information. Um, So I, in general, have listened to that strategy and adapted it for myself. And so also to keep in mind, I am not super type A. So I'm not like, I have to do this at mile five and I have to do this at mile 10 or the sky is going to fall. Like I am fairly chill about it at the same time, realizing that your body doesn't tell you when it needs fuel. It tells you after it already needed fuel and you effed up, basically. And so this is a very delicate balance of not over eating or drinking while you're running so that you don't want to feel too full or bloated or sick. But if you hit the wall and your body is like, oh, we're out of fuel, we're done, and stuff starts shutting down it is really hard to come back from that. You want to avoid that. Like the number one priority is avoiding hitting the wall for sure. So it's really hard. And especially because I really try to practice intuitive eating, which is something we should probably talk about another day because I think it's really important to figure out how to listen to your body. That doesn't apply here. Because it is kind of like this proactive nutrition that you need to make sure you realize that I am going to be going a very long distance. And when the meter goes to E on empty, it's too late. There is not a gas station around. This is just going to start running on fumes and it's not going to be good. So you want to be very proactive about figuring out the timing of this fueling. And like we mentioned last time, the 10, 30, 45 is timing that you can use. And it's very specific. And you can use the strategy so that you don't get to a place where you're like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot to drink something or eat something. And now I feel like crap. Now, let me tell you, that's a very long-winded song and dance. I was dancing around. You guys just couldn't see it. 
this is specifically what I aim to do. And depending on the day, I might follow this exactly, or I might kind of change it up a little bit. And depending on the day, it could be a lot of different things. It could be that it's super hot and I need to drink a lot more than I normally do, or it's cold and I'm not sweating that much and I already feel like I have to pee and I don't want to stop and pee, or I ate a ton the day before, so I don't feel like I need it, or I just like a lot of different things could factor into it, basically. So around mile five or 45 minutes into the race, in that kind of ballpark, and it depends on how fast I'm running, I will take margarita shot blocks. And the margarita shot blocks come in a pack of six. And I usually cut the pack in half so that they're easy to access, but you don't necessarily need to do this. And I will eat three of them. And then depending, I will either nurse the rest of them or I'll do the other half of the pack, the other three at mile 10 or about 90 minutes into the race. And it kind of depends. And so that is Margarita Shop Blocks, Margarita Shop Blocks, and then 15 miles into a run or about two hours, I'll do a Cliff Mocha Gel. And Steve and I talked about this. I'm the only person who likes Mocha Gels, I think. Like, I don't know anyone else. And I definitely don't have any friends except for SR. And she's a runner for sure. She would not do a Mocha Gel. But I mean, Steve's my friend. And my friend Dave does not do mocha gels. He does pineapple. And I just, I don't know anyone else that does the mocha gel. So I'm telling you that this is what I do, but you might, I don't want you to spend a ton of money on mocha gels and be like, what the F? What the F, Monikin? I think they're really good though. I don't know. Okay. So at mile five or 45 minutes, margarita shot blocks. Mile 10, or 90 minutes, margarita shot blocks, mile 15, or two hours into it, mocha gel. Um, and then between 18 and 20, and that's only three miles later. And it depends, again, it depends on the race. This is why you really have to mess with it yourself. Anywhere between mile 18 to 20. And so that could be very soon after, or a ways after, or about two and a half hours into it, I will do another mocha gel or at that point, there are oftentimes, I think, at least with the full marathon, more often aid stations, there's going to be more frequent ones. So I kind of just eyeball it and I figure if I want to take something from the aid station or do the fuel that I'm taking with me, I always take this fuel at the bare minimum, just sometimes I don't use it. And sometimes I will do all electrolyte drinks at the aid stations. And sometimes I'll just do water. And it depends a lot of times on how hard the course is and the weather. And I just kind of play that by stomach, not play it by ear. You get it? You get it? And not everyone can do the fuel on the course or the hydration or whatever. I love to use what's on the course because I don't want to carry a bunch of shit with me. I'm already running 13 miles or 26 miles or whatever the heck it is. Plus I got to get to my car. Plus I'm trying to run plus, plus, plus there's just, no, I don't want to have to carry my own water I am not trekking up Mount Kilimanjaro. Like people set stuff out and I am going to use it. 
And I love that. I love that's why we pay a million dollars. I don't want the shirt. I don't really want the medal that they give. I just want you to have a table out so that I can get some water whenever I need it. Maybe get a little snack, a little snackadoo, you know? <laughs> so I am a fan of aid stations and using what they have there. That was a little, that was like a little mini rant, but it was like a happy rant of how I love free Gatorade. I don't know. I just appreciate it. And I would rather use that stuff than carry stuff on me. That said, I have taken handheld water bottles or sometimes um, the belt that I use. And I'm actually planning a video to talk about what I bring on my person because someone asked. It was like a really good question. They were just like, what about this? And and what are you wearing? And what's in that belt? And like, just like a bunch of questions. And I was like, actually, there's some stuff in the belt we'll talk about. But um, the fuel belt that I use, and I will explain this in a video very soon, but sometimes you can stick a water bottle in it. I, for the most part, use a handheld water bottle and I'll refuel it um, or refill it on training runs for sure. And sometimes I have taken handheld water bottles during a marathon race where it's going to be hot. And actually, (laughs) this is this thing that I've done more than once. And it's horrible. It's horrible that I do this. But the Long Beach Marathon specifically, I've run both the half and the full in Long Beach. But the Long Beach Marathon is in the beginning of October in Southern California. It's been really hot some years. So I have brought a handheld water bottle with me and done a couple of different things. One time I knew... Ben was going to be watching me around mile, like in the high teens, like 18, 19, maybe. And I threw the water bottle to him. Like I figured that I was going to just ditch it then. He didn't realize I was going to do this. And he thought I wanted him to refill it. And he was like, wait. And I'm like, no, it was funny. Um, I also have actually, because the Soul Runners, that's a really big race for them, have thrown it into the Soul Runners booth and been like, I'll get it later. I've also thrown it at other races just knowing I'm I cannot carry this anymore like thinking maybe I will refill it or I don't even know what but I have went into the race knowing I think I need this extra hydration because of weather but I cannot keep carrying that bottle I get I just like I cannot I you don't sometimes really have logical thoughts when you are running 90 miles in hot weather and still have another seven to go, you know, like it's just, no, there's no reasoning. And so I have ditched the bottle and kind of just like lost it in the past, like realized it's like, I've tossed it into the trash and just been like, I would rather throw this away than have to deal with it for another second. So if I do bring some sort of hydration situation. It is because it's super hot and I realized that I need to. This is another topic for another day, but for certain trail races or certain runs where they don't give out paper cups or whatever, and you need to, some races, you need to bring your own water bottle. And at an aid station, they'll fill it up for you, but they're not giving out the paper cups. And it depends. Like sometimes it's because it's better for the environment or with the location, they can't have any sort of litter situation. Um, But always check into that. Yeah. That was a little side note that just occurred to me. Anyways, I will put links in the show notes to 
all of the information that I mentioned, the margarita shop blocks and the gels you can get on Amazon. The spark that I use is from Advocare. There are a ton of different flavors. I like the mango strawberry and the fruit punch. And they have a watermelon flavor that I just, I like it, but it's not my top two. And yeah, so that's what I drink outside of iced coffee for that. And then the fueling options will be there as well. I'll put links in that at Runny Repeat. And now let's get into the awards. Now I have to give a ton of love to some of my followers on Instagram. There is this fun thing going around on Instagram stories where people are filling out different little questions, question and answers on five things that they're really loving right now or their favorite social media sites or different things that are just inspiring them right now. And I have gotten tagged on a ton of people's Insta stories and Instagrams. And I just really, really appreciate it. And every single time I'm like surprised, like what? I. It's kind of funny that I even think sometimes like, I can't believe someone listens to this. Anyways, um, so I wanted to give a shout out to M. Herlaw. She said, Runny Repeat is one of her, she's an OG reader of the blog. Thank you so much. Alana Arfad said she loves the Runny Repeat podcast. Run, Riss, Run loves Runny Repeat on Instagram. Run and Live Happy said that it's one of her favorite inspirations, Runny Repeat. And um, Erica Maduro said she loves Runny Repeat on Instagram too. Oh my gosh, this is so awesome. Natalia Dutt said three runners that inspire her, Runny Repeat. That is crazy and super awesome. Just a really big deal. So I will put a couple of screenshots of these in the show notes as well if you want to follow these people. And definitely tag me if you are running or eating or doing something fun while listening to the podcast. Let me know where you are, what you're doing while listening. I think it is super interesting and fun. And if you have a question for me about running or eating or anything, I will, I'll answer it all. You can leave a voicemail at the Running Repeat voicemail line 562-888-1644. Or you can email me, runitrepeat at gmail.com. Just put podcast question in the subject line. And if you have a minute, please subscribe to the show and leave a rating. I super appreciate you listening. Thanks so much. Have a great run. Thank you for listening to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. For more information, check out runeatrepeat.com.